أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in his glorious book, the Qur'an, آمَنَ الرَّسُولُ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ كُلٌ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُولِهِ لَا نُفَرِّقُ بَيْنَ أَحَدٍ مِنْ رَسُولِهِ وَقَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا غُفْرَانَكِ رَبَّنَا وَإِلَيْكَ النَّصِيرِ لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا لَهَا مَا كَسَبَتْ وَعَلَيْهَا مَا اكْتَسَبَتْ رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِنْ نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا رَبَّنَا وَلَا تَحْمِلْ عَلَيْنَا إِسْرًا كَمَا حَمَلْتَهُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِنَا رَبَّنَا وَلَا تُحَمِّلْنَا مَا لَا طَاقَةَ لَنَا بِهِ وَاعْفُ عَنَّا وَاغْفِرْ لَنَا وَارْحَمْنَا أَنْتَ مَوْلَانَا فَانْصُرْنَا عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ اللهم آمين الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته everyone Jazakumullah khairan for joining us today. I know that mashallah there's a lot going on and I'm so happy and grateful that you chose to be with us today. Subhanallah, I know this is really hard. There's truly no way around it. It's hard for everyone. This is so real and it's understandable if you feel like you're struggling right now. That there's so many uncertainties and that we've never experienced something like this before in our lifetime. And it can feel overwhelming and scary. We are all overwhelmed. We're all feeling the stress of such drastic change in our lives and the uncertainty that came with these changes. The past few weeks have been emotionally taxing for many of us. And I just wanted you all to know that it's okay to have all of these feelings because none of us have ever experienced this before. And it's bringing up so much for each and every one of us in different ways. Many of us are triggered. And when we're triggered, it can bring back other feelings and memories and body sensations from the past. And this reminds us of the times when we were really sick, or it reminds us about the times when we watched loved ones who were really sick or even died from disease. We're also witnessing deep suffering of those around us. The entire globe is going through hardship. I just wanted to start off by reminding you that you're not alone in whatever you're experiencing. And it's really scary to know that our financial security is at risk in addition to our health. Our jobs and our livelihood are compromised, we have a shift in our lifestyle where children are home now and they're not going to school and we have to manage with that and work and all of life's responsibilities. And it's natural and normal that our minds are switching from living to survival mode. It's heartbreaking to have your Umrah trip canceled and to see that not only your local masjid is closed, but even the haram is closed. Even the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ is closed. And that's not easy. It's okay to feel disappointed that everything is canceled and that all of our plans are put on hold. Your feelings are valid. Anxiety is normal and it's actually healthy at times like this. And it's possible to feel like you're losing it. But inshallah, it's gonna be okay. 
And Allah created this anxiety in us to protect us from danger. That's its roles. And sometimes it can get a little too much. So inshallah today we're going to discuss some ways to cope and manage our feelings and to shift our perspective. Inshallah today I'm going to discuss with you five quick evidence-based tips to help bring some calm during this time of confusion. And they're all things that you can do from the comfort and safety of your own home. By the way, if you have any other tips or additions that you'd like to share, feel free to share them in the comments below. And feel free to tag friends or family members that might benefit from this or who you think would like to join us, inshallah. And if you have any questions throughout this discussion, feel free to post them in the comments and inshallah, if we have time, we'll try to address them. So I'm going to try to use one word headings for each of the five tips that I'm going to share with you today. Number one, validate. So I want you to remember the one word titles so that inshallah later on you can use them when you need to. Validate. What do I mean? I want you to label and validate what you're feeling. The first step we need to take in order to validate our feelings is to be aware of them. So perhaps you can take out a sheet of paper or your phone and open the notes app and take a moment to recognize and notice what you are feeling. Be in stillness and try to recognize what am I feeling right now? And then label it. I am feeling comfortable. Alhamdulillah. I am feeling anxious. Subhanallah. And it's so amazing that this is actually something that the Prophet وسلم, our ultimate guide and role model did. And in the narration I'm going to share, it's a narration that's really sad and heartbreaking. But at the same time, it is so powerful and beautiful and important because it shows us that it's okay to be sad and that the Prophet وسلم, had sad moments and he showed us what to do. And it's interesting in this specific narration, he labeled his feelings, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this is an authentic hadith that was collected by Imam Bukhari rahimahullah in his sahih. Some of the companions said that they were with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he went to go visit Abu Saif. And Abu Saif was the husband of the wet nurse of the son of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, whose name was Ibrahim. And so the Prophet ﷺ took Ibrahim, so this is the companions narrating it, and he said that, they, that the Prophet ﷺ smelt him and hugged him and kissed him. And then the Sahaba said that they left and they returned. And the Prophet ﷺ was crying and his tears were falling down his face and Ibrahim was struggling to breathe. So they knew that he was taking his last breath. And so when the Prophet ﷺ was crying, Abdul Rahman bin Awf anhu said, Ya Rasulullah, even you cry? And he said, Oh, Ibn Awf, this is a mercy. And then he cried even more. And then he said one of the very famous um, sayings that we know, where he said, Inna la'ayna tadma, wal qalba yahzan, wala naqulu illa ma yurdi rabbuna. وَإِنَّ بِفِرَاقِكَ يَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ لَمَحْزُنُونَ 
the eyes are shedding tears and the heart is so grieved. And we will not say except what pleases our Lord. O Ibrahim, indeed we are so sad by your departure. SubhanAllah, the Prophet was so aware of his feelings. And he even demonstrated to us to label them. Because he did this out loud and the Sahaba were there to narrate this narration to us. And when Allah said that the Prophet was the ultimate guide and role model, he's the ultimate guide and role model in everything. And so next time you're feeling overwhelmed, take a few moments to be aware and to notice what is it exactly that I'm feeling and name and label them. So say something like, I am feeling. And then think, what are you feeling? Are you feeling calm? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling excited? Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling afraid? Are you annoyed? Are you grateful? And label your emotions. Emotions are meant to be labeled and not dismissed. Labeling our emotions is the first step to emotion regulation. And by labeling our emotions, we can create the distance between ourselves and our experience that allows us to choose how to respond to our situation. And when you're able to name it, you're able to tame it. And it's okay to feel these feelings. It's okay to be afraid. Think of Musa alayhi salam. Now, who was Musa? I want you to imagine Musa alayhi salam was Kalimullah. So he spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Musa alayhi salam was a very strong prophet of Allah. He was so strong that when he accidentally pushed a man, he killed him. He was such a great prophet that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about his story over and over in the Quran. And even he had fears. Even he was anxious. He was worried. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quotes him and his brother Harun, who was also another prophet. In Surah Taha, Allah says to both of them, Go to Fir'aun, for he has truly transgressed all bounds. And speak to him gently, so that perhaps he may be mindful or fearful of my punishment. And then after this, Allah quotes Musa and Harun. And Allah says, They both pleaded, O oh, our Lord, we're afraid that he may be quick to harm us or act in a way that's tyranty because he was a tyrant and they were afraid of him. And so then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanAllah comforts them and Allah reassures them and says, have no fear, I am with you, hearing and seeing. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say it's bad for you to be afraid. How could you be afraid you're both prophets? It didn't mean that they had low iman or they were low in faith, weak in their faith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assured them. So it's okay to be afraid. Name your feelings and validate them. And once you do that, inshallah, you'll have more control. Number two, self-soothe. When we are overwhelmed with our emotions, it's really important that we self-soothe. Why? because we need to reactivate our parasympathetic nervous system. Because when we're overwhelmed, we have physical reactions in our bodies. Our breathing becomes rapid and shallow, and we're not thinking straight. And subhanAllah, the latest scientific findings are revolutionary. We can change the way we feel 
We can change our emotions by using our breath. Research suggests that certain types of breathing is effective in coping with and managing anxiousness and overwhelming feelings. So what type of breathing helps? Intentional breathing. Because I know we're all breathing right now. So you might be saying, I'm breathing all the time. How is that helping? Well, intentional breathing is what helps. And it's so powerful because breathing is the only autonomic function that we can actually control. Think about it. Can you control your digestion? You can't, but you can control your breathing. And so using your breath gives you a sense of control. And oftentimes our anxiety is triggered when we feel like we don't have any control. And breathing exercises are amazing because they work. Learning to use your breath is a very powerful tool that's free and easy. It doesn't require any equipment and you can do it anytime and anywhere. And practicing breathing exercises, exercises when you're not overwhelmed is really important. Because when you practice them, when you're not overwhelmed, it'll be easier for you to do it when you are overwhelmed. So I recommend practicing them either every morning when you wake up or every evening before you go to bed. And inshallah, if you'd like, uh, we can practice together a breathing exercise at the end of this segment, inshallah. Another self-soothing technique is affirmations. The word affirmation comes from a Latin word, which originally means to make steady or to strengthen. Affirmations are positive statements that you can use to challenge and overcome self-sabotaging and negative thoughts. When you repeat them often, you believe in them, you can start to make positive changes, inshallah. So let's go back to Musa salam and the famous story when he took Bani Israel and fled from Fir'aun. And the army was behind them, and the Red Sea was in front of them. And the children of Bani Israel said, Inna lamadrukun. We're done. Musa, what did you get us into? But look, Musa salam did not forget Allah comforting him earlier in his life when Allah told him to go to Fir'aun. And he had this beautiful positive affirmation that he said. He said, Kalla inna ma'ya rabbi sayahdeen. No, my Lord is with me and he will guide me. And so remind yourself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always watching you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always hears you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you. And if you seek his guidance, he'll guide you. Think of some positive affirmations that you can use when you're feeling overwhelmed. For example, the Prophet sallallahu said that when you're afraid, repeat, Allah, Allah, Rabbi, la ushriku bihi shay'an. Allah, Allah is my Lord. I do not associate partners with him. It reminds you that Allah controls everything. Everything is in under Allah's control and power, and he's the one who makes anything happen. And so when you remind yourself of that, that will, inshallah, inspire you to act accordingly. SubhanAllah, I was just thinking that there's a beautiful exercise we can do together right now, if you'd like. And it's a mixture of different self-soothing, self-regulating exercises. So let's do this together, inshallah. Bismillah. So I want you to take your hand and place your hand on your heart. And I want you to bring your awareness to the present moment. So just take a second and bring your awareness to this moment right now.
you're sitting in front of your phone or your tablet or your laptop and you're listening to Sister Dunya. We're learning about self-soothing exercises. Okay, wonderful. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take two deep belly breaths and we're going to inhale for four seconds, we're going to hold it for four seconds, and we're going to exhale for a little longer. And while we're inhaling on our first inhale, I want you to imagine some positive things. Think of how the air that, that's coming in through your nose is alhamdulillah clean and full of oxygen that your body needs. So take a deep breath, bismillah. And when you're holding it, I want you to just feel gratitude for that air. And then when you exhale, I want you to exhale all your stress and your worries and your fear and your sadness. Let's try it again. Inhale. Alhamdulillah, I'm safe right now. I'm safe and I choose to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I choose to feel calmness. Hold it and then exhale. Everything's going to be okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is my Lord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my loving and merciful Lord, is in control. And I want you to take some time to observe how that makes you feel. And I want you to feel the serenity that comes with this exercise. And know that you have more power than you thought. You have more control than you thought. And you can do this at any time. Anytime you feel like you're getting overwhelmed. Wherever you are, take two minutes to pause and to practice this exercise. I would suggest when you're not overwhelmed to write down some positive affirmations that resonate with you and to keep those handy so that when you do feel overwhelmed, you can combine both the breathing exercises and the positive affirmations, inshallah. Number three, mindset. Realigning our base understanding of this life, of the world, and shifting our perspective reminding ourselves of our core beliefs. I wanted to share a few of these core beliefs with you. And these are just a reminder. I know you all may know this. Number one, Allah is in complete control of everything. He subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the ability to control some things and some things we can't control. Work and focus on what you can control. We can control what we focus on, how we respond, we can control our actions, we can control our choices and our attitude. Number two, nothing happens except by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number three, this life is a big test and we will all be tested with ease and difficulty. Number four, everything in this life is temporary, including this current difficulty. Number five, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises ease with and after trials and hardship and difficulty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So truly, where there is hardship, there is also ease. Surely, with that hardship comes more ease. Look for the ease and focus on it. Number six. Allah doesn't burden a soul more than it can bear. 
It's really beautiful because the Prophet asked us to recite those two ayat that are recited in the beginning, which are the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah every night before you go to sleep. And in it, Allah promises and says, لا يكلف الله نفساً إلا وسعها. Allah does not burden a soul more than it can bear. And we sometimes don't realize how strong and resilient Allah created us as, but Allah knows how He created us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that we can get through this. And we're, we as humans have been through so much since the beginning of time. The companions faced plague. The early generations of Muslims faced plague and diseases and pandemics, and we've overcome them before. Have a healthy perspective on your emotions as well. Having a healthy perspective and the correct perspective on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the reality of this world is important, but also having a healthy and correct perspective on our emotions. Anxiety is natural. It's good. It keeps us safe. Disappointment just means that we had things that were important to us. And sadness is a natural reaction to things when they don't go our way or when something bad happens. SubhanAllah, you know, I cried when I heard the Mu'evin replacing pray in your homes instead of saying come to prayer. And it was really sad to hear that. And it was really sad to see that my masajid were closed. And to be honest, I got to a point the other day where I was going to try, get in my car and drive to the masjid and just sit in the parking lot and just try to get that feeling of being in the masjid. But then I reminded myself that we, weren't, we aren't the first to experience something like this. During the time of Ibn Abbas, anhu, it rained really, really bad. And Ibn Abbas, who was one of the great scholars and who was a great companion, he actually told the mu'adhin, to make adhan and say, pray in your homes. And so the companions went through this. And then I reminded myself that there's a hadith that Imam Bukhari collected in his sahih, where the Prophet ﷺ said, when someone is sick or travels, the like of the reward of what they used to do when they were healthy or they were a resident is written for them. So there is something that is stopping us from going to the masjid. But if we were regulars, if we used to go to the masjid and enjoy going to the masjid and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that way, inshallah we're getting that reward, inshallah. And we have to remember that all because the haram and the masjid are closed, it doesn't mean that the doors to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are closed. The doors open for each and every one of us until we take our last breath. And it doesn't mean that our connection with Allah is gone. There is, and inshallah, always will be that connection. And it's up to us to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And be mindful of the narrative that you say to yourself. Because the narrative or the story that we develop about an experience or a circumstance can be more important and can be more empowering than the circumstances themselves. So... If my narrative about the current situation is that it's debilitating and overwhelming, then it's going to be really hard for me to make a change to work. But if my narrative, if my narrative is that this is, you know, something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us our strengths and we can be courageous and we can be resilient, then inshallah 
It'll light up passion and hope within us to work and do what's best. Have husnad done of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think well of Allah and hope in his mercy. There were, a group, there were two companions who said that they were going to go visit another companion, Yazid radiallahu anhu, who was suffering a fatal illness. And so they said that when they entered upon Yazid, they said to him, what do you expect from Allah? And Yazid said, by Allah, except I expect good from Allah. And they were so happy and they said, rejoice. For we heard Allah's Messenger وسلم, say that Allah said, I am as my servant expects of me. And if he expects good, he will have it. And if he expects evil, he will have it. So keep reminding yourself that Allah is merciful and kind and loving, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who can get us through this and have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And remind yourself of this is so beautiful. Allah is the wali of those who believe. And inshallah, we're all believers. Allah says in the Quran, Allah waliyuladina amanu. Allah is the guardian of the believers. He brings them out of darkness into light. And when you realize that, you're able to peacefully surrender to the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about special people. These people are sabirun. And he says about them, the way they handle tragedy and loss is they are the ones who, when afflicted, they say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi And for them, they get salawat from their Lord and mercy. They realize that truly to Allah, we belong. Everything belongs to Allah. Allah can do whatever he wants with us. And truly to him, we will return. And what matters is that meeting with him. What are we going to do in this life? to prepare for that meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next. And so it's really important to have this trust and surrender in the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do our best, but at the end of the day, what Allah wills will happen. What he decreed will take place. And look at this other amazing hadith where our mother Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that the Prophet sallallahu said, whoever in the time of an epidemic plague stays in his place patiently, hoping in Allah's reward and believing that nothing will befall him or her except what Allah has decreed for him or her, he or she will get the reward of a martyr. SubhanAllah, this is a hadith that was collected by Imam Bukhari rahimahullah. So have that faith and that surrender in Allah's divine decree and inshallah you'll get that great reward. And have tawakkul, put your trust in Allah, your loving and merciful and kind Lord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran instructs us and tells us so many times وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ and rely upon Allah وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى الْعَزِيزَ الرَّحِيمِ and reply upon Allah the exalted in might, the merciful وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى الْحَيِّ الَّذِي لَا يَمُوتِ and rely and put all of your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the ever-living, the one who doesn't die 
And subhanAllah, I recently read something by Ustada Taymiyyah Zubair, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless her and her family, that was very powerful on tawakkul. And she said, truly depending on Allah is seeking benefit and protection against harm with confidence in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, believing that he's able to protect you, having good supposition of him, expecting his help and protection, and using means, doing whatever is in within your capacity to protect yourself. And so tawakkul is standing in front of the Red Sea with an army behind you, but believing with all your heart, Absolutely not. My Lord is certainly with me. He will guide me. Believing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, or in another verse, say nothing will befall us except what Allah has destined for us. He is our protector. So in Allah, let the believers put their trust. Trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Put your trust in Allah. Give your worries to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number four, reframe. Honor your feel for thoughts and add calming alternative thoughts to the mix and then reframe the way you look at the situation. Reframe the way you look at hardships and change your perspective. I want you to take a look at this image. Tell me, what do you see? I use this image in my practice as a metaphor to help people understand that in the most difficult situations and in any situation in life, what you see depends on which details you focus on, on the perspective that you take. So here is an older woman, and you can see that she is looking to the left. And if you reframe the way you look at the image, you'll see that there's also a younger woman who's looking away. It just depends on which angle you look at it from. So like we said, we don't have control over the tests and the hardships and the difficulties that we'll face, but we do have control over how we react and respond to them and how we view them whether we view them in a positive light or a negative one. And every second and every choice we have in life is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's our choice how we react. And there's a beautiful example of reframing that the Prophet taught us. One day, the Prophet was sitting with his companions and he started to laugh. And the Sahaba were perplexed. Like, why is the Prophet laughing? And he said, Amazing, wondrous is the affair of the believer. For there is good for him in every matter. And this is not the case for anyone except the believer. If something that makes him or her happy happens, they're grateful and they thank Allah and that's good for them. And if something harms them, if they experience something that harms them and they show patience, then there's something good for them in that. And that's only for the believer. So this is coming from the Prophet ﷺ who went through every trial you can imagine, who buried six of his seven children, who buried his beloved wife Khadija who he loved so much that he remembered her until the end of his life. 
This is the prophet who was starved, who was beaten and abused both physically and emotionally, who bled, whose face bled, whose feet, sallallahu alayhi wa bled, who his friends and his companions and his family members were tortured, who was kicked out of his home and lived as a migrant and an immigrant to go to Yathrib Medina and the list goes on and on but the Prophet taught us how to reframe the way we look at life's difficulties so a prophetic way to reframe our current situation for example when limiting contact with people having the intention to protect others from harm and to withhold harm from oneself and it'll be an act of worship because the Prophet said withholding your harm from others is charity for yourself from yourself to yourself. So when you hold yourself, when you make that intention, I'm not going to mix with people so that I don't harm anyone if, God forbid, I do carry this virus. And I'm protecting myself from exposing myself to this virus. Inshallah, it'll be an act of worship. Reframe the way you look at this whole situation. I know some people are saying it's a punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it could be. Allah only knows. But look at the good that came out. Look at the amount of sin that's being reduced on earth. All the bars and all these places are being closed. People are home. People are reflecting. They're reflecting on life and what it means. They're reflecting on their inevitable reality, death. Many of us, alhamdulillah, were returning back to Allah. I just saw a video out of, I think it was Morocco, where you know how in Italy they're all out on their balconies singing? In Morocco, in the last third of the night, they're all on their balconies calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and making dhikr. And you can hear the whole entire city is making dhikr and calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so reframing the way we look at this because it's reminding us of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Reframe the fact that now we have more time for working from home. All those times we made dua wishing that we can make i'tikaf. Now we can make i'tikaf in our homes. We can recite more Quran and we can make more dhikr and we can pray on time and we can make wudu from the comfort of our homes and we could spend time in solitude worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Reframing the way that this earth is. The earth is healing. You know, we had a really bad climate change and global warming. And right now, due to the fact that we're not traveling as much, so we're not taking planes and we're not driving and the fumes are not being emitted into the atmosphere, the earth is healing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us this opportunity to allow the earth to have a break from all the corruption that we've been doing to it. And so what else can we reframe and see in a positive life? I'm sure there's countless examples that you can think of. So how do we reframe? That's a big question that I get asked often by focusing on the reward. The Prophet said that there's no fatigue, nor disease, nor sorrow, nor sadness, nor hurt, nor distress, nor discomfort that befalls a Muslim, even if it's something so slight like a prick of a thorn, except that Allah expiates sins. So look at this as an expiation. Remind yourself that this discomfort, this, this fear, this stress is all expiating your sins, inshallah. Remind yourself of the great reward and keep the end in mind. Allah, the Prophet said that if Allah intends good for someone, he actually tries them in this world. 
so that he can reward them. And the Prophet also said that a servant will be continually tried in this earth until they walk on this earth sinless. All their sins are gone. The Prophet always taught us and he always thought about us. He wanted to teach us things that will help us in this world. And he taught the companions and the ummah that would follow until the day of judgment how to reframe. And look at this beautiful example of Ibn Mas'ud And it's so amazing, his response. And how the Prophet taught the Sahaba to reframe. And how the Prophet instilled this mindset. He spent 23 years ingraining and changing the way that the Muslims thought. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said that he entered upon the Prophet while he was in a really difficult time. He was really sick. He was suffering from his fever. And he said, I said, Ya Rasulullah, you are suffering from a strong fever. Your fever is really bad, Ya Rasulullah. And the Prophet said, Yes, for I am afflicted with a fever like two men among you. Imagine. What would your response be if the Prophet said that to you? Look at Ibn Mas'ud's response. He said, is it because you get double the reward? Will you get double the reward because your suffering is double? And the Prophet said, yes. But he didn't just think of himself. He thought about you and me. He said, likewise, there's no Muslim who's afflicted with pain as much as a prick of a thorn or more, but Allah will expiate his sins just as leaves fall from the tree. SubhanAllah. So just remember that. And remember that the Prophet got sick. And it's okay. I know it's scary. And if God forbid you or a loved one gets sick, remember the reward. Remember the Prophet got sick. And inshallah, your reward will be great with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And last but not least, number five, redirect. Remember, not all your thoughts are facts. When your thoughts come, you have the power to choose. You can control your thoughts by choosing which thought you focus on and what you do with that thought. Use those thoughts to direct yourself into positive action. Redirect your energy and focus on what you can control. And look at setbacks as opportunities. For many years, have we been waiting for a time to do things? For many years, we've been wanting more time to do so many things. Look at this as a gift, an opportunity from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do all the things we've been wanting to do. I know it's sad that the masajid are closed. What if we made our homes a place of remembrance and salah? What if we designated a specific room and we made it our little salah? What if we made adhan and we prayed together as a family and we made lots of dhikr? And remember, your salah is your greatest weapon. SubhanAllah. The Prophet any time something alarmed him, he would hasten to prayer. So see this as an opportunity to pray to pray on time and try to add some sunnah and nawafil and qiyam and tahajjud insha'Allah ta'ala and send salawat upon our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa There are so many benefits and virtues of sending salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and one of them is that it, remove it, it removes distress. 
and it takes care of our needs. And sending a single salawat upon the Prophet invites 10 mercies from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to descend. And so spend time every day sending some salawat upon the Prophet and reconnect with Allah through the Quran. There's only a month left until Ramadan. Prepare for Ramadan by reciting Quran. There's a beautiful narration. We're talking about finding calm during times of chaos. Reciting Quran is a healing and it brings sakina tranquility. Al-Bara'a said that there was a man who was reciting Surah Al-Kahf and in his barn was an animal. And while he was reciting, the animal became unsettled. And then he looked outside and there was clouds and mists overshadowing his entire house. And so the next day he went to the Prophet and he told him what happened. And the Prophet said, continue reciting for it was a calm which descended with the Quran. When you recite the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends a special tranquility and mercy upon you. So spend some time reconnecting to Allah through the Quran. Reconnect to Allah through Tawbah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, we tried them with both good and evil so that they may return to us. Return in Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, subhanAllah, once I read a book of Ibn Qayyim, he talks about there are so many effects of our sins. And the way to remove them is through Tawbah, returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So reflect on your sins and your shortcomings and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance. Call upon Allah through dua. How did the Prophet deal with hardships? What did he do when... They were in the battlefield and it was getting really tense or when the Sahaba were killed, he would make dua al-qunut. He would make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He would raise his hands and call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for strength and solutions and patience and peace and protection and everything you want. And we all know that dua is a very powerful tool. Reflect upon this beautiful verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ أُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ and your Lord said, call upon me, I will answer you, I'll respond to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears you. And there's such a beautiful narration where the Prophet said, Verily, your Lord is generous and shy. If a servant raises his hands in supplication to him, he's shy to return them empty-handed. Every time you make dua, inshallah, you'll get blessings in unimaginable ways. And Allah will always respond in one way or another and give charity. The Prophet said that charity in secret extinguishes the wrath of your Lord and performing good deeds protects you from an evil fate. Charity is such a wonderful way to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by helping those in need. And look at your seclusion as a means to do something great. Look at Imam Ghazali rahimahullah. He authored one of his greatest works, Ihya Ulum al-Din, while he was in seclusion. Think about Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, and Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah. Think about these great scholars who actually took these seclusions as opportunities to do great things. And inshallah, you can too. And I just wanted to talk about social distancing for a moment. And I don't like calling it social distancing. I prefer to call it 
physical distancing because all because we're physically distant doesn't mean we have to socially disconnect. So use this time to make sure your loved ones know that you're there for them. Even if it's through virtual means and calls and texts and messages and social media, connect with your loved ones. And remember that when our bodies are quarantined, our souls aren't. Reach out. And throughout all of this, one of the best ways you can keep calm is to try to create a routine, especially in the beginning and the ends of your days. This gives you a sense of control and serenity, inshallah. Now, the last thing I wanted to share is that may Allah protect us and may Allah only grant us what's good. Allahumma ameen. But if one of us does contract this virus or any virus or disease, SubhanAllah, maybe it's an answer to one of our du'as. Maybe there was one time we learned about the virtues and the merits of the shuhada and we asked Allah for shahada. Because the Prophet said, whoever honestly asks Allah for martyrdom, Allah will give them the status of the martyr even if they die in their bed. And Ibn Hajar Al-Asqalani, rahimahullah, he said in his book, Giving Generous Aid in Explaining the Virtues of Plague, that dying from such diseases equals in the reward of the death of a person who dies in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so if worst comes to worst and we get sick and we die, inshallah, it will be a means of shahada for us all. <sighs> SubhanAllah. There's a few more points I wanted to make, especially about the du'as for protection, and I wanted to share them with you, but it's time for Maghrib in Dallas. So inshallah, if you're interested in learning the du'as of protection and their meanings and when to say them, um, inshallah, maybe we can schedule another time. I did post a link in the description so that I can send you the du'as. So if you, inshallah, would like, just put your email in the link below and inshallah, I will send you an ebook that I've created for you all with some du'as for protection. And I'll let you know when we have our next class. So inshallah, let's end with a du'a. Since inshallah, since we can't be together physically, this will do. We're, we're being together virtually. And when you're sitting down in a halaqa of dhikr and du'a, the angels descend. And inshallah, Allah will answer our supplications. So Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. O oh Allah, I ask you by your greatest name, the one that if we ask you by it, you respond. O oh Allah, forgive all of our sins, the past, the present, and the future, the ones we did knowingly and the ones we did unknowingly, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, erase and remove all the ill effects of our sins and replace our sins with good deeds, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, make us everything that you love and that you're pleased with and remove from us everything that you don't love and that you're not pleased with. Ya Rahman, grant the entire earth relief from the calamities that have touched us. Ya Allah, heal those who are sick, guide those who are misguided. Replace our anxiety with serenity and trust in you and grant us all the goodness in this life and all the goodness in the hereafter. And Ya Allah, gift us the highest station of paradise. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullah khairan. And inshallah, I look forward to 
having another virtual meeting with you all soon. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.